0: So, welcome to Quarantine with Lou. I'm your host and strategic partner in cost reduction, Louis Fernandez. And today we're joined by the man with the most interesting name in insurance, Art Blazer, who has some great personal and business insights to share with us. So, if you're a business owner, you're definitely going to want to listen to the end uh, for some of the tips he's got. But before we get into that, if you're a fan of inspiring people and informative content, then you come to the right place because that's all we do here. So go ahead and go to the like button, find its contact information, and make it a beneficiary in your life insurance plan. And don't forget to subscribe uh, so you don't miss any more contact. And with that, Art, how are you doing, my friend?
1: So far, so good. I'm yeah. lucky that uh, despite COVID, I'm still able to help people. So,
0: so tell me something, man. Um, you're, you're in New York now, and actually it was kind of interesting, You know, I, I put out this invite uh, to a few folks, and um, it got me thinking a little bit because your response was All right, well, well what's the catch? Right?
1: <laughs> no, well, we New Yorkers are a bit skeptical. You offered something for free, and we always figure there's a catch to it. But um, that's okay. This is just the way we are. Yeah. You know, I'm in New York. I am raised in New York, uh, but I've lived in Wyoming. I'm licensed in uh, several states right now, at least four, and that could be elsewhere. But it doesn't really matter with my business because it doesn't matter where, matter where I am or where you are. What matters is what you need and how yeah. I can help you get it.
0: So you're in, are you in New York City proper or just- I'm New in New
1: York, York City proper. I'm in Manhattan.
0: Okay. Whoa. All right. Uh, um, it, I can't, it can't be cheap to live there.
1: Yeah. Well, I've been here a long time. I've, you know, It's not cheap, but you know something? It has a lot of advantages. Okay. Um, for one, since most of my work for many years has been in Manhattan uh, or Brooklyn or Queens, it's easy to get to. Don't have to own a car, so there's one less expense. Mm. If I need a car, I rent a car. That's all.
0: So you're, were your parents from New York as well? Like, Well, I
1: grew up on Long yeah. Island.
0: Okay, uh, for, for a guy from Miami, that's still uh, the same.
1: <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's about an hour out from where I am now. Okay. It's much more suburban. Um and it's a totally different environment. Really? Totally different. Okay. Uh, the highest building in my community was probably two, three stories. Really? I'm in Manhattan now, where we've got, what, 110?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there, so you, your parents from New York, everybody's, like, you. you grew up there?
1: Right. I'm third um, generation New Yorker.
0: Third generation New Yorker. All right, and, but you, you said you lived in New York Wyoming. State, anyway. What took you to Wyoming?
1: Well, I had a degree in Wyoming. Uh, pre, I had a previous career before I was, got into life insurance. Okay. And uh, at that time, when I got out of college, my father wanted me to go into business with him. And I, being young and idealistic, said, I don't know, I found something I like and let me give it a shot. So I spent many years as a broadcast journalist. Oh, really? And I learned a lot about a lot of different things. And then when the economy collapsed, so did my job. But um, fortunately I had a wife who insisted I have a good backup plan. And my parents had both been in life insurance and my father did property casualty. And so I said, okay, that's a good backup plan. And I got my license and I promptly got laid off. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that, but I don't... <laughs>
1: You know something? The coincidence, we laugh about it because you couldn't plan that. I wanted would have to me for a while to have a backup plan. I finally got the backup plan and then it became my primary plan. But I should say that even though this is my second career, um, I grew up with life insurance and I worked for the same general agency as did my father. Mm. And the man I worked with I've known since I was, well, preteen, uh, and my father worked with him and his father and his grandfather in life insurance. Holy cow, man. So,
0: this is like the, business, the mafia of life insurance, you know? It's well, a- <laughs> I don't
1: know about that because the business changes a lot. Some things change and some things don't change. Yeah. And the types of policies that change, but the need for insurance doesn't change. Hmm. Let's face it, I always start up an interview with somebody by asking, What is life insurance? Uh, what would your answer
0: be? What would I call it? I would call it, uh, it is the vehicle by which um, we create the reserve parachute for our family if we're no longer there to help them with uh, finances?
1: Not bad. I usually say it is uh, something that protects your income stream. Okay. What would happen if, to your family if something happened to you and they lost your income? Yeah. What would happen to your family if your spouse lost her life and you had to replace her? Mm-hmm. even a non-working spouse if you had to go to work your spouse still does the cooking the shopping taking care of the kids uh she has an economic value to your household and you'd have to hire somebody to do yes. all the stuff that she does or you go out and earn your income yeah and when you have a 2 wage earner family if you lose one income chances are your life is going to change
0: yeah
1: and you don't want your kids to suffer right. and you don't want your spouse to suffer so if you really love them you use insurance, whether it's for a car, a home, your life, your business, to mitigate the economic impact of unexpected consequences.
0: You know, you and I were talking, uh, I think I got a message from you, and, and you said, you know, one thing I want for folks to really think about is starting this when they're younger. Uh, so it, it, I was curious, like, when do you typically see people come to you? to say, hey, I, I want to get a life insurance policy?
1: I heard a podcast yesterday of someone that I was referred to, and they said, right after you get married. Usually, I tend to talk to people right after they have their first child or they're <laughs> pregnant with their first child. And then you should review your insurance every few years because your life changes and sure. your need for insurance changes. Why do we say start young? Because when you're young, chances are you're healthier. You're <laughs> as healthy as you're likely to going to be. Mm-hmm. anything can happen in this world we don't know what it is people get sick they get all sorts of diseases and i don't want to scare people but that's life right uh, i know someone had a stroke at age 30 I wow. was a year disabled but finally recovered i know i have a client who was 60 when he got his stroke and you could hardly tell that he was disabled by talking to him but if he got up from one side of the room to go to the other side of the room he couldn't remember when he got there why he went. Wow. And then I know someone else who was 60, and we have no idea what happened to him, but they found him at the side of the road unconscious. He was a bicyclist, he was bicycling hundreds of miles a year, he was perfectly healthy. Yeah. We have no idea whether a car hit him, whether he was served to avoid a car, whether it was tired. We don't know what happened. Mm. He went into a coma for a year and then he passed away. Um so And women, there are diseases that women get, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and they get them in their 40s. Um, You don't know what's going to happen in the future. If you're 25 and you're healthy, buy life insurance and buy it from a good company where even if you can't afford more than term insurance, and we'll get into that difference later, at least you have some insurance and you you buy from a good company, you would be able to convert it to a permanent policy without a new medical exam. And that could be a very important feature later in your life.
0: Now, that's really, I mean, this is like big new and gloom. So, uh, you know, I, I assume people leave your office with big smiles on their face. So how do you brighten this up when you're uh, telling people like, hey, the reality is your time is you've already working your way down on your clock, you know. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't usually put in quite those terms, but it's very simple. Do you love your family? Yeah. Do you want to make sure that if something happens to you, they're going to have a roof over the head, food on the table, medical insurance, uh, whatever else they need to live out their lives, to grow up, to pay, the, to pay their college tuition. Hmm. Um, what? How much do you need if something happened to you at some point in your life to protect your family? That's the bottom line. Yeah. How much do you love your family?
0: Now, how do you help people make those calculations? Because, I mean, I could have a number in my head, but how do you make a smart decision? Because um, I assume there's, you know, there's got to be like the older you are, it costs you more and whether you get the term or the whole life and, you know, how much you want going to pay for a month. Uh, educate me as, you know, I'm going into this decision, uh, you know, just got married. I'm, you know, 28 years old. Uh, got a kid on the way. You know, what, how do I approach this in a smart fashion?
1: Well, there are two ways of looking at it. The way I was taught was a multiple of your current income. It's likely that your income is gonna go up over time, but as time goes on, you'll have fewer years to protect and you'll have less of a need for insurance because you will have covered some of the years already. Mm -hmm. I heard someone yesterday say, also just as good, calculate your expenses for the year for your family and multiply by 20, that gets you a good start. Mm -hmm. So I usually say if someone's in their 20s maybe they wanna do 30 times their income. When they get into their late 30s and 40s, maybe they only need 20 times their income. And when they're in their 50s, maybe they need 10 times their income. Why? Because you have fewer years to protect. Sure. If you live longer, you've already paid with your income for your other expenses and your family needs fewer years of protection. But if you're young and you're just getting started, at the very least, your child's gonna be at least 20 years old before they get out of college and they're still gonna have college expenses and if they go to graduate school, they're going to have graduate expenses. Mm-hmm. So when you're younger and you have young children, or if you're planning to have more children, you need to protect for more years. But the other thing you have to think about is how much can you afford? There are agents who will try to say, buy permanent insurance, because if you buy term insurance, you're throwing your money out. At the end of the 20 years, if you live, the money has gone. Mm-hmm. But I say to people, let's start with how much you need, and then we'll see what you can afford because term insurance is a lot cheaper. It could be 10% 10 the price. But you can buy a lot more insurance for the same amount of money. And my attitude is, if you have to buy the term insurance, protect your family for the amount of insurance that you need. And if you have some extra money, buy some permanent insurance. There are multiple types of that that cost different amounts. But the most important thing is start with the right amount of money of, of protection.
0: Well, I, I mean, that's a good way of looking at it with the uh, I like that 30 times and then 20 times, or, or looking at your expenses. I mean, that's I, when whenever I've thought about it, I always approach it with my expenses, right? And figure, you know, what 30 years of expenses or whatever. And my wife jokes that when she remarries, she's going to remarry for money, so she'll
1: probably be all right, anyway. <laughs> Assuming that she's able to fall in love with somebody and get remarried, always, you, know, you never know. Um, yeah. I just I have no way to predict what is going to be for any good family. And I say, I want to review your insurance with you every few years also, mm-hmm. because a lot can change in three or four years or five years. Yeah, You could have two more children. You could have a much more high paying job. Um, we don't know. Right. Um, I have one client of mine that was in his fifties and he needed insurance. He's going to have a large inheritance, but if he doesn't survive till his father passes away, it goes to his siblings and not to his children. So he wants to make sure that his children have some protection until such time as they'll earn their inheritance, in which case they'll be much better financially protected.
0: Yeah, huh. All right.
1: let Let me make another comment on reviewing insurance. I have some friends of mine who are older and they bought their insurance to give a gift to their children. And they had bought it 17 years earlier And I said, let's review your insurance. It had not been reviewed in all those years. Well, in the interim, companies came out with a new type of policy that did not exist when he bought his policy. And to make a long story short, they were both in good health, husband and wife, and the children are now going to get a million dollars more of death benefit guaranteed than they would have with the original policy because we converted that whole life policy to something called guaranteed universal life. And their kids are going to be way better off when their parents eventually pass away
0: yeah that's you know i hadn't thought about it as something like that where you know for me it's always whatever's the way i've always looked at it is whatever i save when i've you know get to the end of my retirement what's left those assets that's what we're giving away not adding to it an additional you know life insurance policy you know that so that that's even money that i wasn't able to set aside that now can go to that that's that's cool that's that's a neat feature
1: there's another discussion you can have if you have the ability to afford to pay for it i just spoke to a couple of clients that i was trying to tell them that in addition to their term insurance they should buy a whole life policy as in a retirement vehicle because a whole life policy is completely structured differently than a term policy it will last the rest of your life. And if you put enough money into it, when you get to retirement age, you can end up taking out more money than you put in and still have a death benefit left. And the money that you take out becomes tax-free and you can use it for whatever you need in retirement. So whereas whereas primarily you think about insurance as a death benefit, for some people it's appropriate to have both a death benefit and a retirement benefit or a legacy benefit.
0: Yeah. Ah, uh, that's that's a lot better than some of these IRAs. <clears throat> uh, you pay the taxes on the
1: tail end, you know. Oh. Well, with a traditional IRA, that's true. You pay tax when you take money out. Uh, with a Roth IRA, you don't get the right. benefit when you put it in, but you get it later. Right. With life insurance, you get um, the benefit much later on a tax-free basis, and it can really be beneficial mm-hmm. for the right person. It's not for everybody, but for the right person to put away a little bit of that, not a bad idea. Right. Okay,
0: what else should I know as an individual?
1: As an individual, you wanna know what type of policy you should get. So let's talk about the different kinds of policies and what the benefits and strengths are of each and the weaknesses of each. Okay. Um, And also, let me tell you one more thing about myself. I'm an independent agent, which means that I represent many companies, not only one company. If I worked for only one company, I could only sell you their products. They have one term policy, They might have one universal life policy. They might have one whole life policy. But they also might have underwriting restrictions, which would be, let's say, less competitive for you. For example, every company has different rates for each type of policy. Some companies are after the term insurance market. They figure that statistically, they're going to make more money by selling term insurance than they will whole life. Mm -hmm. Whole life companies figure they're going to have your money to invest for a lifetime, and they'll do more more profit if they can have your money for a long period of time and statistically they figure out how much they need to make a profit. Sure. I don't care from the company point. I care from your point. What can you afford? What can you afford now? And what's right for you now? So what do we look at when talking about life insurance? The first thing that a company looks at is whether you smoke cigarettes or not. Mm. And now with marijuana becoming more and more uh, commonly available legally in certain states. Some companies are turning marijuana into a smoker rate, whereas I got one client a non smoker rate because he only used it on weekends. Um, <laughs> you know, you think it's funny. You, yeah. Yeah. you want a good laugh? Yeah. You know what that person did for a living? What's that? He sold marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> he sold it legally in Colorado, yeah. but he sold marijuana. And on weekends, he used it. but because i knew the rules and could work with different companies i found them a company that would consider them a non-smoker and got them the best rate as a non-smoker
0: that's outstanding
1: so that's why you work with an independent agent right right. now Mm -mm. having said that so i started talking about smoking the next thing is what other health issues might you have have you ever had any skin cancer any Mm -hmm. diabetes high blood pressure um any sort of Hereditary thing, what are you? What about your parents' health? Do they have heart disease or cancer before mm. age 60 or 70? Some companies look at parental history, other companies don't. Mm. Some companies look at parental history only if it's an inheritable trait, like a cancer or a heart disease, and others ignore it completely. So that's another thing I need to know about my clients prior to picking a company to apply to. Sometimes what looks like the cheapest company isn't the cheapest company because of underwriting requirements. And there's a really important consideration. So when I interview a client, I want to know everything about them. Yeah. I want to know about their health, their parents' health. What their needs are, how many children they have. Do they intend to send their children to private school and then to college? Or are they not likely to even get to college because of the type of family they have and the education they expect to give them? Mm. Um, what about inheritance? Do you expect to inherit any money? Do we have to protect you for a more limited period of time? I have one client who, when I met her, had eight or nine kids. And I don't want to give away details, but eight or nine kids and very little income. But as it turns out, she's going to inherit what will be a considerable amount of money. Mm. And for her, she needs something for her and her husband now. In the future, they'll have another situation. But uh, it's important for me as an agent to know things like that. Yeah, It's also important for me to know how much extra money you're able to put away. If you have your business paying an IRA for you or a 401k plan, you're in a different position than somebody who's in his own business who has to put away all his own money. If you have medical insurance through your business and you're not paying it out of pocket with after-tax dollars... That could be important because it affects how much money you can invest for the future. All these things which you don't think I need to know, I actually do need to know. Because it helps me understand your needs better and I can do a better job for you the more I know about you.
0: Oh, that's, uh, well, there's a lot, I mean, I guess from the outside, you know, it's it's kind of funny I talk about uh, a joke I'd like to make is that, you know, the more, you know, the more, you know, you don't know, right? Like I didn't, I didn't know that there was so much to know about this particular topic and making a decision, you know, uh, as you, you mentioned a couple of things there about being independent and and not being, you know, beholden to any one particular company. And it's, because I'm an independent consultant as well. So when we do our cost reduction stuff and I, I say the same thing, right? Like, yeah, you're using Verizon today and you call Verizon, you're like, hey, Verizon, can I get a discount? What product are they gonna give you? They're gonna give you another Verizon product, whether it's the best one for you or not. Um, And so this is just, it's, it's, I guess for me, I identify with hearing kind of the same thing back to me about, you know, um, if you go to a guy, he's gonna give you their product, right? And that makes sense, absolutely. You know you, you
1: know your business and I know my business and I don't expect you to know my business unless I teach you about my business. Yeah. <laughs> and I always insist on taking as much time as it takes to help my client understand what they're doing. Yeah. I spent an hour on the phone with some clients the other day explaining to them how a whole life policy works because she didn't understand the concept of putting away the money and have the company invested and have you take out money later. Hmm. But when I was able to show her an illustration of how it would work, it helped her understand better. She still has a lot of questions, but if if she doesn't understand the questions, I don't want to help her buy the policy because I don't want to have second thoughts afterwards.
0: Yeah, I, I, I want to say- <clears throat> Some years ago about a guy who was using a whole life policy as uh, like a self-banking so he's uh using his policy putting money into that and then and then borrowing money from his own policy and then putting it back in and um i I feel like you know I barely had a handle of understanding of what it was that he was planning and discussing you know, and then the moment I set the book down like I didn't get it anymore like it
1: <laughs> you know i have I have a former friend that passed away he's eighty something years old um but in reviewing his insurance, he had 10 different policies, each one for $50,000. When he was young, he bought the first one. When he could afford to buy another one, he bought another one. And he, instead of just increasing the size of the policy, he used them as his personal bank. He was an investment person, mm-hmm. and eventually he managed a big investment company managing other people's money. But when he started out, he needed loans. He would borrow against his life insurance policy, use it for whatever he needed, and pay back the loan and the policies kept growing in value. And when he passed away, he had 10, $50,000 policies, which his wife got to help her in her older age, plus his value of the business. But there was no way to know when he was young that the business would be successful.
0: Sure. All right, so what else as an individual, somebody who's sitting in their car right now, taking a listen to this, um, what else do they need to think about if they haven't already?
1: Well, one, you're allowed to own more than one life insurance policy and they don't have to be the same kind of policy. Okay. I know when I was 25, my father had me get what's called a seven pay policy. The idea was I was going to pay a lot more money than I needed to for somebody 25 years old. Mm-hmm. But After seven years, approximately, it turned out to be 10, I could stop paying and I never paid again after that. And it started building up cash value. Mm-hmm. It was a small policy. But when I finally got married, I needed more insurance. So I took the cash value of that policy and turned it over directly without tax consequences into a different policy for twice the face value. Hmm. And that policy only cost me $114 a year now. Wow. For $200,000 worth of insurance because of all the cash value from the first policy. But then I said, well, that's not enough to support my wife. And based on my income at the time, I said, okay, I'm gonna buy another $800,000 worth of term insurance which will get to me to retirement. In retirement, she'll have my social security. So if I live, when I get to retirement age, she won't need all the insurance at that point because she'll have my social security and she'll have a pension and she'll have some life insurance. So there's different ways of looking at yourself in different points in time. And it's okay to have more than one type of policy at any given time. Some people buy term insurance. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, different policies for different times. And they cover different points in your life and the shorter terms are cheaper, but um, they don't last as long.
0: So, so the key here is that we need to get you into a high school classroom and talking to these kids out <laughs> there so that, you know, the moment they have the first opportunity, we're all, make, you know, we make those financial, smart financial decisions then rather than, you know, uh, I'm okay with
1: bar I'm, on Saturday. I'm I'm okay with college graduates too. Okay. <laughs> you know something? My father was right. I was 25, I had expendable income, mm. I wasn't using it all. And he said, don't waste it, put it away for the future. Yeah. And by using up my spare cash, I didn't blow it on partying or doing anything stupid. Yeah. I knew that every year I was gonna have to pay a premium. And I saved the money for that premium. And it was like taking the money from my left pocket and putting it in my right pocket. Mm. It was going to be mine in the future.
0: Yeah. Nah, smart move. Smart move. Um, yeah.
1: I, I, so while you're thinking about your next question, I told you don't let me forget about disability. Yeah. Disability income insurance is just like the ad says. What if you get hurt and you can't work? I heard a story yesterday mm-hmm. with somebody talked about a client who was doing some work on his roof and fell off the roof and was crippled and couldn't go back to work, but yet he was a burden on his family because he wasn't earning money, but he still had to be supported. Yeah. So that's what disability pays for. I talked about a client who had a stroke at 60 and never again was able to work because he couldn't concentrate Mm -hmm. and he started to go blind. So for the next five years, till he would have been retirement age, he collected disability insurance tax-free because he paid for the policy Yeah. and his family had the protection. But what happens if you get hurt and you can't work? Are you a, a charity case? Do you have to rely on donations from people? Do you right. have to put your hand out in the street? What do you do? If you have disability insurance, it costs you a significant amount of money, but your family is protected. Just like a home insurance. What right. would it take if you had a flood in your home or a fire in your home? Yeah. What if you got in a car accident and you damaged your car? insurance is there to mitigate the financial risk Mm -hmm. and you owe it to your family to do what you can afford to do. Sure. Not everybody can afford to do everything, but at least do some of what you can do to protect the family.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. We don't want to think about it.
0: No, we don't. That's legit.
1: What's worse than not thinking about it, not doing anything, thinking about what would happen if you didn't do something. Yeah. What would happen to your family? Right. I tell people that I help people sleep better at night, knowing that the family's protected.
0: Yeah, oh, that's good, uh, that's good. So before we, uh, we were gonna talk about business, uh, you know, if you were a small business guy. <clears throat> um, now, before we, before we get into that, and I, I was curious, what, uh, do you have a special talent or skill or something that very few people know about? Work-related or non-work-related? Whatever, man. Like I mentioned in mine, my, my feet are so flat that when I walk on tile, I make fart noises. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, in my spare time, I enjoy genealogy. I've written okay. two books on my family, one on each side. I'm working on a third book, which um, is, is plotting down because the family is so big. But that's just a hobby. It's just I like, I'm, I'm meeting new family. I'm learning more about my family. If you don't know where you came from, how do you know where you're going? Absolutely. Um, On business, my specialty is I focus on my client. Yeah, I mean, I really, people talk about that. I know agents who will always try to sell you, if you can't afford whole life, all of it, they'll try to sell you a piece of whole life and term. Mm. I'd rather somebody buy term and get more term because they need to protect the family. I don't look at the commission. Let's face it. I earn my money based on a commission based on what you pay. Mm -hmm. The more you pay, the more I earn. But my clients tend to be young families. And I'm not gonna push them on an expensive insurance that's gonna do better for me. Because if I do better for them, they're gonna wanna tell their friends about me. They're gonna say, this guy did right by me. He didn't try to rip me off with an expensive policy. He got me a lot of insurance for a small amount of money. It takes me hours to do even a small policy. But if you tell me your names and phone numbers of your friends, if I talk to five or six of your friends and they tell me about five or six of their friends,
0: right. I'm gonna okay. do better in the long run. Yep. I'm gonna make
1: it up in volume.
0: Yep.
1: And that's how I feel comfortable. And that's how I sleep better at night.
0: Yep.
1: You Knowing I've I protected more families.
0: <clears throat> now Art, I'm sorry, but you said genealogy. I'm also very interested in this topic. Um, where, is, where is your family like originally from?
1: Uh, my mother's side of the family is from Russia. My father's side is from Austria, Poland.
0: Really? Okay. Uh, So actually kind of similar, similar areas.
1: Um, And I have two grandparents actually born in New York. All right. In a lot of uh, families, that's not common.
0: No, no. I'm the first in my family to be born in the States. Uh, So my my parents were both born in Cuba and then uh, I have two grandparents that were born in Cuba and the other two born in Spain. So, um, yeah, we're... uh, Recent immigrants to, as well.
1: Oh. <laughs> it's, you know, something, you have different challenges than I do. When you do your research, it's going to be in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I at least have three generations uh, where I can talk to the people.
0: <laughs> I try, Yeah, so years ago, I did that, um, uh, what is it, Ancestry uh, thing? I and, don't do and, DNA,
1: but that's who you use it.
0: Yeah, and I, I did the thing, and they had nothing. They had no data because like it was immediately international uh, and they didn't have anything. So it's like, okay, well, that doesn't work for me because, you know.
1: The trick to <laughs> genealogy is start with the people that you know yeah. and ask them for the people that they know. Right, yeah. If you have aunts and uncles, ask them for whatever back they remember. Right. Ask for their uh, all your cousins and yeah. ask them for their Get what you know from the people who are still living.
0: Yeah, I I got my my I had been asking my grandfather for years to do this. Um, I bought him a recorder, all all kinds of stuff for it, and then um, he passed away Easter, uh, not last year but the year before. Um, And after that, I told my grandmother, and and I said, you know, she knew she had seen all the stuff, and I said, look. And my grandmother, you know, she's had like this kind of attitude, like, okay, I'm ready to go now. Like she was, as soon as he passed away, I was like, okay, COVID started. And I was like, somebody needs to make sure she's not out there licking handrails, you know, trying to catch this thing. <laughs> and, uh, and I told her the same. I was like, look, please, you know, I, you're the last one that knows and remembers and, and has these stories and, um you know, because I don't, I don't really know much about my great grandparents beyond, you know, where they were born. I know a little bit about my, uh, on my dad's side, but not much. Um, So yeah, it's the same, same thing. And I think that's certainly the the way to approach it. And, um, and I think, you know, in the future, it might be easier uh, if this, you know, like records of this still exist, then, uh, you know, my great grandchildren will be able to see it, right? Uh, a lot more than just the photograph.
1: I have. I have published two books and one program I recommend is called Legacy. Okay. Um, legacy Family Trade. I've published two books, one on each side of my family. The second was better than the first because it had some pictures in it. which I didn't know how to do pictures when I started. <laughs> but I've got, I've got eight generations of wow. family and I just got a request a couple days ago. For a copy of my first book. And I said, well, I need to update that book anyway. And it's sold out. So you'll just have to wait. But it's, it's probably a dozen years since I published that book. Wow. And twice a year, I send out an email to all my family uh, of all the good news that I heard about. All the births, all the marriages, uh, the engagements, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And people, I keep in touch with my extended family by email twice a year. Uh, a lot of work, but a lot of reward.
0: <clears throat> we, we are a large uh, Hispanic family. And so hitting the stereotype there, both of my parents are one of five kids. So um, on my mom's side, uh, just from my grandmother, um, she did the tally. I think there was 35, 36 of us now. Um, so that's her kids and her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren, you know, 36, somewhere in there, just, just one side and similar on the other. So if I just like first cousins, that's pretty much all the people that I can get to know. And uh, they're all in Miami. And I make a joke that I left Miami when I was four and we've gone back and visited over the years. Uh, I'm 38 now. And every time I go back to Miami, I meet a new family member. Um, and, and that will Why hold true. That will hold true one more time the next time we go back. Cause I got a new, I got a new cousin when I, <laughs>
1: So, <laughs> has write it family. down while you can. Yeah. <laughs> Take pictures of them while you can. Yeah. Because I have two families now that have an eight and a half by eleven, paper-bound book, about two hundred pages, with an index, so they can look people up. That's awesome. And they can go back to this thing like an encyclopedia and find out about their family.
0: That's really cool. That's really cool. Okay, we've we've varied back off the off a lot, but you know, there's something that I, I find very very compelling. Uh, and interesting. We can
1: talk more after the podcast. Sure. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. So now let's, uh, the business owner that's been waiting uh, a half hour to hear. Um, so talk to me. I'm a, I'm a small business owner or medium sized business owner, right? And um, I'm making some decisions here. Uh, what are some smart decisions I need to make?
1: All right. So let's start with a business owner who has employees or a business owner who's got a partner or two. Okay. You can use life insurance as an incentive for keeping your employees on the payroll. Maybe you need somebody, you have a critical employee. And if you lose him, your business is gonna suffer greatly. So maybe you wanna insure his life. Mm -hmm. So you can recover if something happens to one of your key employees. It's called key man insurance. Mm -hmm. There is a form of life insurance used to finance a buy-sell agreement. You have a partner and each of you is married. And what happens if something happens to one of the partners who's critical to the business? Do you want the spouse to step in and take over? Maybe the spouse knows nothing about the business and couldn't do it, but the spouse now owns half the business. You want to be able to buy them out. Where do you get the money to do that? Well, you have a lawyer write a buy-sell agreement, which gives one partner the right to buy out the share of the other partner. And you use life insurance to provide the cash to do that. The company buys life insurance on the lives of both partners and pays the premiums. And if something happens to one of the partners, the company gets the money and then has cash to buy out the spouse. And therefore you can control your business rather than working with a partner spouse who knows nothing about the business and who may not wanna work in the business, but you have to pay them off anyway.
0: Yeah, so does that count like as a direct or an indirect expense?
1: It is not considered tax deductible for the business but it is a form of insurance for the business. And you speak to an accountant about how you account for that. Okay. Um, But medical insurance. Most people don't get medical insurance through work. If you have employees and you would have to pay them a significant salary, maybe you should offer them medical insurance instead of some of that salary. So what's the benefit? Well, one, an employee who's getting medical insurance may not want to leave your company. Right. Because if I go to work for somebody else, I may not get it there. Correct. Also, medical insurance is a tax-free benefit. The employee does not pay any income taxes on the value of the medical insurance, hmm. and the owner gets it as a tax-deductible business expense. Nice. So the owner saves. twice. So instead of offering you a sixty thousand dollars salary, just to pick a number, I could offer you fifty or fifty-five thousand, and medical insurance. Yeah, that, would, probably, that would
0: make a difference.
1: So you're getting a tax-free benefit. You're not paying income taxes on it. The employer is getting a tax deduction. And a little trick for the employer is that he's paying less salary. So technically he's paying fewer payroll expenses. Hmm. He's not paying. Yeah, the 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 payroll tax goes down. Right. He's not paying payroll taxes on the value of the life insurance. Right. So it's a win-win. And what if you're an employee... Uh, excuse me, what if you're a business owner and you have employees? You own the business by yourself. How are you getting your medical insurance? Probably you're buying it through Obamacare because you can't get it any other way. Well, if you offer a plan through the company, you can offer a better plan, a group plan, and have your employees buy into the plan. And you can get better insurance for your own family because the group plan you're gonna get, you're gonna be able to buy for your business is gonna be more robust and any plan you can get through any state website. Hmm. So you're helping yourself by offering it to your employees. Yeah. Even if the employee contributes toward the cost of it, it's gonna be beneficial to them because the policy they get is gonna be better than the policy they could buy through the state website for themselves and their family.
0: How many employees do I have to have?
1: At least one. Okay. You need, two p- you need the owner plus one employee or two owners that are not related and you can get a group medical plan. Mm. The more employees you have, obviously, the more it costs, but at the same time, you're helping every employee. Maybe if you have a big company, you wanna offer it only to management employees as a benefit for them. Mm. But there are ways to use medical insurance as an employee benefit. Also, you can offer the group employees uh, a group group, uh, dental insurance. You can offer a group life insurance. There are other options that you can do with a group when you have a business. Yeah. Um, and what you have to do is look at your business what could your business afford? And how would your business suffer if something happened to some key employee?
0: You know, I, I don't think that you can minimize the importance of that decision because I know personally of a lot of folks that um, they have held on to jobs because of that benefits package. Um, you know, where they were in their income level, um, and their skill level, leaving that particular company that had the benefit offer meant going somewhere else that didn't. And that then having to buy something like through the exchange was a significant cost. And it was like, it didn't make financial sense for them to leave this company. They kind of just stuck it out. Um, which then also you have lower turnover costs and like, so it's very, um, I, I think that's an important point just to, you know, highlight it again. Oh, uh, very well put.
1: I um, mean, you know, Anybody that I've talked to that is looking at the state website is going to find that the only thing they can afford usually is a high deductible plan. Mm-hmm. Um, with a group plan, you can still have a high deductible, but you can have a lower high deductible, so to speak. You know, and you can have better benefits, better medical groups. Uh, a lot of the state plans are plans that you have to go to certain doctors, you have a limited number of doctors. If you can choose your medical plan based on the number of doctors you can see, you're gonna be a lot happier. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's
0: legit, really important. Um, certainly worth bringing up uh, and, and highlighting for folks. You no, know, um, appreciate you, appreciate you bringing that up. Uh,
1: so it's, everybody is an individual. I always tell people, life insurance and other benefits are tailor-made to you. Not every woman can wear a size four dress. Not every man can take <clears throat> can take a 37 regular suit. Everybody's different. Make it work for you. Yeah. Not when you're barrel chested like me, man. That
0: 37 that 37's too light. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pick me your number, you yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> know. That's what I tell myself in my head, you know.
1: You know, there are some people that are perfectly healthy at 140, and there's some people who are taller and need 200 pounds to be, to be physically strong. Right. And then there are people who are way overweight, and it's gonna cost them more money because they're not so healthy.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what else do we need to know,
1: Art? Uh, I think that, uh, that covers the highlights. Yeah. Um, basically, what you need to know is, don't delay if you're healthy. Hmm.
0: Is that it? That's the high. No, highest. I
1: got a. My computer popped up on me. Hold on a second. <laughs> I got a I pop up to update some software.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm to cancel the Zoom. Um, <laughs> no, we're still here. <laughs> um, so get, it, get as much insurance as you can afford what you need when you're young and healthy. And when you're, as you get older, look at it again and see what you need at that point in your life. Do you have more children? Do you have more expenses? Did you live in an apartment at one point and now you own have a home with a mortgage?
0: Mm. Uh,
1: are you earning twice as much money as you did? Yeah. Um, there are lots of things to look at at different points in your life. How many years more before your youngest child goes to college or gets out of college? How about your business? Is it young now? Is it gonna grow? Yeah. Are you a mature business? There are lots of things to consider. I can help you ask the right questions.
0: Yeah, we certainly need to make this more important. The younger we are, and uh, so we start making those those decisions then. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, it's. Uh, I don't want
1: to see anybody have to go ask their rabbi or their priest or their minister for a handout. Yeah. Because somebody died and they don't have money to pay the rent.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that's tough. That's tough. So, Art, somebody's listening to this and they say, you know, that dude. He really sounds like he knows what he's talking about. It's probably worth making a phone call. How does somebody get a hold of you?
1: Well, life insurance email address is very simple. Blazer life insurance at verizon.net. B-L-A-Z-E-R life insurance, all spelled out at verizon.net. If you're on LinkedIn, you can find my phone number in my profile. If you're on BizFluence, you can find my phone number in your profile. And if you Google it, you can find anything just about
0: (laughs) art blazer
1: the most interesting man in life insurance well the funny thing is if you google me just say art blazer life insurance okay because if you just google art blazer you're going to find this suit with fancy artwork on it an art blazer you're going to find an art gallery with modern art but if you link it to life insurance he (laughs) has a good chance you're going to find me
0: awesome Awesome. Well, if you have made it this far into the podcast as listen, I think we have earned a smash the like button. Um, so uh, go ahead and subscribe and uh,
1: stay in touch. And we'll chat soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Lou. Thank you. Bye.